Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. It certainly is. Another 60 minutes kicked off and underway. I am Tim Melton here in Birmingham. Dale Jackson, he remains in the rocket city of Huntsville, Alabama. And we make up this tag team known as News and Views, which you can stream live at Talk99.5.com. Mr. Jackson, for those just joining us, how would you sum up the events of hour number one? The greatest hour of radio in the history of radio, in the history of of the world indeed we now welcome in our good buddy mr matt murphy of wtn there in nashville mr murphy welcome in happy to have you here with us hello man hope everyone are well is well are well whatever hello <laughs> it's orwell uh, 1984 um it's, hey <laughs> speaking <laughs> it does Speaking of books, I want to start off with uh, your celebrity crush, and that is Dolly Parton, doing great things always and forever, which is why you're also such a big fan. And we're seeing some of the numbers that have been rolling in for you know the amount of kids here in Jefferson and Walker counties especially that are going to be receiving books. The numbers are just off the chart uh, when it comes to this uh, Imagination Library uh, being sort of introduced with all of these signups that have been happening over the past couple of weeks since that was made public. Uh, Matt, it's just an awesome program. I know that you're just uh, a, not only a big Dolly Parton fan, but also a big fan of the people of Alabama, and this feels like a win-win all the way around. Well, and unlike Dale Jackson, I'm a big fan of reading, Tim, and I <laughs> encourage and applaud the youngsters. Wait a minute. Dale wrote a book, too. Hold on a second. Maybe I have that wrong. Uh, no, she's amazing. The most fascinating part about the Imagination Library is the fact that we didn't know anything about it for years during its existence. At least I didn't. Uh, and this goes to her humility uh, and the fact that she does these things not uh, for her ego. Uh, she does these things not for uh, the glory of doing it. She does it because it's the right thing to do. And she feels very drawn and compelled uh, to do something with her celebrity. And I just it's just another feather in the cap uh, that is Dolly Parton is the greatest human being on planet Earth today. The case is made very strongly there. Dale, I think that there should be a partnership with No Tommy No. We need to get No Tommy No in the, the hands of more kids across the state. Step one, get in touch with Dolly Parton. Then we can go from there. That, that's step one. I'm, I'm working on step one. No, I think that's the entire step. That's it. That's <laughs> it, Dale. Step one, get it in the hands of Dolly, and then she'll take it from there, and you can take all of those accolades that Dolly doesn't want because I know how badly you want them. So, I mean, it was a win-win for you and Dolly there. All right, Matt, let's make a deal. If I can get in touch with Dolly Parton, I'll send her in your direction. If you can get in touch with Dolly Parton, you have to give her a copy of No Tommy No. No deal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Well, this is going to be a fun uh, remaining uh, portion of the interview here. Hey, one thing that was handed out uh, freely, it feels like, over the past couple of years was COVID relief money. Uh, we, we got a chance to be witness to a hearing yesterday on all of this. There's been a misuse of $560 billion of the $5 trillion that was handed out in COVID relief. It's being labeled as the biggest fleecing of America ever. Matt, are you confident that we're going to learn from our mistakes here uh, and we are not going to allow this level of misuse happening again when it comes to people defrauding all of us, your pocket, my pocket, John Bird's pocket, Dale's pocket, everybody, with the amount of taxpayer money that was misused and handed out to either foreign entities or bad actors or Americans that were scamming the system when it comes to the time of, of COVID-19 relief funds. Are you are you confident at all this problem is going to be fixed? Boy, I would like to say that I am. I am not. Uh, sadly, there are too many stupid people in the world, Tim. And these stupid people like the idea of getting money from others that they consider to be free money to do what they want to with it. Uh, so there are some that will recognize uh, that this was misguided from the beginning, uh, that if you hand uh, government officials endless amounts of money with no accountability as to what to do with that money, it's going to get misspent. But I mean, it's like the national debt. I mean, you know, we talk about the national debt on the radio, and I think our P1 listeners get behind us and go, yeah, you guys preach it. We need to get better uh, and more accountable. Why doesn't anything ever get done about the national debt? Because the average American doesn't really care. They don't see it as a threat to their lives, and they don't see it as a benefit to their lives. And I don't think they see overspending of government dollars as affecting them in any negative way. And and sadly, they're, as long as they get a little something on the side, they're fine with that. They want to eat ice cream, Tim. They don't want to be told to eat their peas. Mm. So no accountability. Uh, Dale, it feels like Matt is spot on here with this. Are you, uh, do you have any big takeaways from the hearing that we saw yesterday with the just the sheer amount of money that was uh, scammed out of our pockets uh, during the time of COVID-19 relief being at its peak? No, I mean, look Look how they talk. Uh, they talk about uh, if they do end the COVID emergency, all these free things will go away. They don't have any desire to stop this. I mean, you can't even get them to say, okay, we're going to keep spending the way it is for 10 years to balance uh, the current budget. I mean, that, they won't even do that. Yeah. So they're not, even, they're not even willing to commit to balancing the budget uh, over 10 years. We're not talking about paying back all the debt, just only having a little bit smaller uh, of a deficit every year for 10 years. And so there's no, there's absolutely no desire. They, Sarah Palin said one smart thing in, in her entire political career. And she said, it's not free money, folks. That's the only smart thing she ever said in her entire <laughs> political career. And it's still true. Um, free money, free money, free money. Hey, Tim, if I may, to yeah. add one thing to that. Look, what was it? 205 Democrats voted against the premise that government workers needed to actually go back to their places of employment now that the pandemic is over. They said, no, this is working great. Government workers work. Government is already the most inefficient workplace in the history of human beings, and they made it more so inefficient by letting them stay home. And now the Democrats, had they their way, they would want that to continue to infinity. And they also preyed upon businesses that were handling their business the right way during COVID, and they shut them down, and they ran them out of business. And then they made it to where, you know, the workforce, it was, uh, government was a, a competitor 
to the free market workforce, and they were paying people to stay home. And we're still seeing the lingering effects of that here today. Um, I want to talk about what has been one of the biggest stories nationally, and I uh, assume as well the biggest story in Tennessee there out of Memphis, Tyree Nichols. When you saw the video released last Friday night, Matt, what was your reaction to what you saw there with your own eyes? It was gross. It was like watching a Skycam video of a gang beating or a gang initiation. It was clear in the second interaction that those officers had no real interest. I mean, it's obvious that those officers learned at least one thing while on the force in the Scorpion unit in Memphis, and that was if we just yell, show us your hands over and over again, we can beat the crap out of somebody with impunity and get away with it because they clearly did not think that they were going to get in trouble for any of this, considering that at one point one of the officers lost his body camera, found it, and put it back on while it was recording. So, I mean, it was just, it was disgusting. Uh, it does not represent the good law enforcement officers that put on the badge on a day-to-day basis and go to work to try to protect the communities in which they serve. That's obvious. It makes their job harder. That's obvious. The justice system worked properly. I mean, hell, as disgusting of a human being as I think he is, when Ben Crump and I agree that this process worked in the fashion in which it was designed, then that's saying something about the reaction. But I, I think a lot more is to be said about why they had no supervision, why there was such lax training in Memphis. And, and I think it's because of two reasons. One, because there's a severe lack of police officers around the country. The numbers are down in every department across America. Secondarily, I think minority communities are under the gun to hire minority officers specifically, which also decreases the number of individuals that are entering into the, uh, into the training process. Dale, you brought up the the funeral of Tyree Nichols in your seven things. For those that maybe didn't get a chance to hear the seven things, why did the funeral itself uh, uh, make that list? And what was it about the funeral proceeding that stood out to you most politically? Well, Democrats have a, a history, at least recent history, maybe going back about 20 years, if you want to call that recent history, uh, of taking funerals and turning them into pep rallies. And, and they always just seem so crass and ridiculous and stupid uh, and this is one of those times. Al Sharpton stands up at this thing, and, and he's standing there, and he says, if these guys had come across a white guy, they wouldn't have beat him like this. Like, their internalized racism uh, led them to kill this guy uh, when really they are just thugs uh, and, and monsters. Um, that was part of it. And then you have Kamala Harris doing Kamala Harris-like things, pretending she has some profound thing to say, uh, but says nothing. Uh, Matt, this is what she said. Uh, Was he not also entitled to the right to be safe? So when we talk about public safety, let us understand what that means in its truest form. Tyree Nichols should have been safe. And it it means nothing, but she just says it, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, way to go, you stupid, um, unintelligent person. Way to go. And they kind of clap at her, and they move on. It's just a sad, sick scene where this is what you you get here. Just about on the Kamala Harris front, I I realized, I mean, and this is nothing new. I think most of us who are following this have realized something, that she's not smart enough to be as lazy as she is. There are plenty of politicians that are whip smart, but they're kind of lazy, but they get away with it because they're so darn smart. Now, there are some that are both smart and motivated and energetic, and those are the ones that rise to the top. Uh, But enough about Ron DeSantis. So the... (laughs) 
Kamala Harris is is neither uh, invested in learning about these issues, nor is she smart enough to shoot off the hip and manage to come off as anything other than a blithering idiot. Well, it was uh, something that was to be expected when you have such a violent situation that I think all of America, most of America seems to be on the same page on uh, of watching this interaction and knowing it's not right and knowing it was unjust and to have grifters come in and inject themselves into the conversation and try to frame this as a win for them and their political causes. Uh, my hope is that it, they're not successful uh, in doing it, especially in this time when it feels like uh, so many are on the same page with what they saw being absolutely outrageous. And we'll see how the proceedings move forward as you have already a couple of these officers that plan to plead not guilty in this. And is there any aspect of the investigation right now you want the number one answer to? Or is there any lingering question you have, Matt, when it comes to where the investigation has led thus far that you feel like has not been handled properly? Uh, by officials there in Memphis and outside investigators. Is there anything lingering in this that you want a defined sort of response to when it comes to the, the beating death of Tyree Nichols? A- absolutely. And if the answer to this question has come out of the mouths of the Memphis Police Department, I've not heard it. And that is, was there, is there in existence evidence, video evidence, body cam or dash cam footage of the incident prior to what they showed us last Friday? Because I, I mean, obviously it's inexplicable how this escalated. It's gross and disgusting and tragic what these monsters did to Tyree Nichols in the certainly in the second interaction. I don't understand what escalated the situation to the point that it escalated in the first interaction, and I don't understand why they wouldn't have been when when we see the officer pull up to the scene. They, their body, it's my understanding, and I've talked to law enforcement officials, their body cam, when they initiate their body camera, which they're required to do when they leave the car, uh, it goes back 60 seconds, but it does so without audio. So when you see him pulling up without audio, that's because he initiated the body cam video as soon as he got out of the car. Well, there's an, already an officer standing on the passenger side of the car. There's already another officer there, too. Did they not have body cam video? And if if so, why haven't we seen it? And if not, why didn't they have body cam video? Mm, yeah, it uh, definitely, hopefully, will create more transparency if we see dash cam and body cam video uh, here in this investigative process. Uh, I want to go to what uh, made headlines yesterday. Football is such a distraction for all of us at different points. Tom Brady announcing uh, another retirement. This time it seems like it's uh, absolutely legitimate that he will not be coming back to the sport of football. Um, you got a chance to live the 28 to three uh, situation there in the in the Super Bowl as a uh, Falcons fan at the time. I hope you've converted over to my Tennessee Titans by this rub, point. Uh, rub it in. No, I'm not rubbing it in. I'm saying that Matt has experience. No. <laughs> Matt has experience with Tom Brady uh, breaking his heart, and so my question is. Uh, what type of legacy do you feel like as a football fan Tom Brady leaves on the field, and do you think he'll be successful as an analyst in the booth for Fox? No clue about the analyst question because I'll have to see it, and I'm one of the silly ones that thought Tony Romo was awesome the first few years, and now Tony Romo is almost – it's almost like a guy is doing a Tony Romo impersonation when Tony Romo is in the booth. Jim, 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 Jim. So so no idea about how he will do – in the, in the booth, uh, you know, even though he broke my heart in that Super Bowl, I blame the Falcons. I, I blame uh, – I don't blame 
Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Um, he will go down as such, deservedly so. But here's my theory on Brady and his final year with the Buccaneers. What about this? He had no interest in going back to football. He had no interest in playing another year. He was just sick to death of Giselle, and he knew the one surefire way to get him to divorce him, to get her to divorce him, was to play another year of football. So he decided to go back and play another year so she would divorce him, only to retire again, and he lives a life of luxury as a bachelor. What about it? Mm. Uh, you know what? That theory may work, uh, I guess. If you're looking to break up with your supermodel wife and the mother of your children, I guess that's a way to do it. But uh, I feel Poor like Tom there Brady, were... What's he going to do if <laughs> yeah. only someone will love I him know. again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It sounds like you guys will not be going to see 80 for Brady anytime soon. But uh, hey, hey, let me ask this question since Tony Romo came up. I'll ask both of you. Did you guys see where they're trying to imply that Tony Romo said the N-word? Uh, on the air wasn't it shannon sharp who made that allegation <laughs> it was a bunch of people they were they were they were implying because he said something like eh, and he and he said the he said n at the beginning and like, oh he was about to say the n-word i was just like man i talk a lot every single day i can't imagine what they think we're saying it's just crazy when you stumble on something and the whole world's like oh you were just about to say the worst word you could ever possibly say when are they going to respond to it it is uh it must be a sad state of existence to live your life waiting and almost seemingly hoping that someone will say that word so that you can destroy them. I, I don't, that's the only thing I can say to it. I, you have to be sitting waiting constantly on edge for someone to say something that you find offensive. And yeah, I did hear the clip. I think it's absurd. Oh, it was the only thing that he could have been thinking. Oh, just get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, we have a special guest who wants to say hello to you, as always, here. I don't know what it is about Cole just... Kublik. No, it's not Cole Kublik. Stop with that madness, Dale. But it is someone who works daily with Cole Kublik, Mr. Damian Mitchell. Damian, how are you, my friend? Doing well, my brother. Matthew Murphy. Uh, Matthew hey, Murphy. Damian. Listen. How are you? Listen, son. For you, it is truly Groundhog Day because for the second year in a row, those Georgia Bulldogs have celebrated okay. a national All championship. Right. Who, cares, who cares that Stetson Bennett got arrested? We don't care. He's a national, he's a two-time national champion. A walk-on, my brother. Matthew, hey, go dogs. Hey, I'm just I'm just excited that somebody in the state of Texas could finally stop Stetson Bennett. Talk to him. Oh, Talk to wow. him, man. That's what wow. I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That is uh wow. He he was holstering that one for the perfect opportunity. Did y'all orchestrate this before the show? Not today, at all. Somehow? I literally had no clue. I got one Murphy, more Murphy's used that on his show before. There's no question <laughs> about it. Yeah, yeah, I've recycled that like three times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it works. It works really well. Okay, last uh, sort of question here for you, Matt, and then we'll let you run because you have important things to do, no doubt. Groundhog Day. I kind of got dinged by Dale earlier because I requested we play some Sonny and Cher here for Groundhog Day. Is is that a bit you constantly go to? Will you be doing it today on your show? And what do you think of the film and how it's held up over the years? Uh, Groundhog Day is a fabulous feature film. It's in my all-time top ten. I think it's a it, it is a fabulous movie, and I would recommend that anyone that hasn't seen it stop what you're doing right now, stop listening to Tim and Dale, and immediately go <laughs> find Groundhog Day and watch it. All right, so um, I have an annual tradition on my show. I've been doing it for years, and it's one of those things where you know the arc of the reaction, and I do it for the end, meaning. I start playing every break coming back. You know, we always play bumper cuts. We play Sonny and Cher, and I engage with someone else in recreating the two DJs 
who are on the radio when he wakes up at 6 a.m. every morning and say, oh, rise and uh, shine, campers, and don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is it in Miami Beach? I can remember. Like, so we do that, and at first when you do it, listeners are like, mildly amused and then by the sixth or seventh time you do it they are so angry they want to burn the radio station down it the 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 level of energy that they put into telling you to stop is fascinating to me so that is an annual tradition that i will enjoy once again today on the matt murphy show in nashville all right cannot wait for that um matt really appreciate your time you got a a big smile on damien's face here john bird he's smiling back there dale jackson i can't see him but i assume he's frowning and we greatly appreciate you being here with us on news and views and we'll talk with you again next week Thanks, guys. Take care. Here we have it. Matt Murphy of WTN fame there out of Nashville. You hear him most days from 12 until 3, some days filling in from 3 until 7. We'll be right back. We're playing some 10 with Tim. I don't know if you're interested, Damian, but uh, we'll make it happen. We'll be right back. This is Birmingham's Real Talk. It is 1124 here in Birmingham, Alabama. For those listening across the country at Talk99.5.com, thank you for spending your time here with us, Tim and Dale with you. Damian Mitchell in the saddle as well, ready hey, to play some Tim with Tim. And How's the, doing? the returning champion, John Bird. He's not letting that championship belt weigh him down today. I do, have a, I do have a uh, question. Go ahead. What was that What was that song that just we just got back from? That, I Want to Get Better? By Bleachers. By, by Bleachers. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back to my theory of like, everybody says Florida Georgia line sucks, but that that right there was god awful. Minus 5,000 points that was for terrible. you, Damian. Congratulations, dude, you're already off. Dude. To a minus five thousand, no, like that, that's bad. Like that, that's that, not good. That like, gets me jazzed up. And if you love Florida Georgia Line and you want to defend like, them over that, I could name ten bro country songs better than that. Like, well, guess what? Get your show here on Talk ninety nine five, and you can play as much bro country as you want. And I look forward to your three month run. It'll that's be a I lot it. of fun. That's why I do it over there. At Been here for three years for a reason. Let's go ahead Dang. and make it happen, John Bird. I don't know. I feel a little feisty today with Damian. <laughs> I thought we'd be on the same page. Hit the button, John Bird. It's time to answer the deep questions. It's 10 with Tim on News and Views. There's always something wrong with this show, and Dale's not the angriest one on it. There's always <laughs> there's an issue. I'm never mad. Uh-huh. All right, here's the question. It's going to start off, and I, Damien, I'm going to give you some time to think here. because I, I feel like you're going to be passionate about this subject. Dale Jackson, what is the best type of pizza crust, and what is the worst type of pizza crust when ordering delivery? Uh, are we going with chains? I'll go with Papa John's. We have the best crust. Well, uh, a secondary, I would go with Pizza Hut. No, 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 no. I'm asking for type of crust. Gotcha. Type oh. of crust. Yeah. Oh, 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 just pan. Pan. The cool classic, man. Okay, so pan is the best. What is the yeah. worst? Oh, I'm sorry. Thin crust. I, I misunderstood the question. I apologize. Thin crust is the absolute worst. It, it, pizza is awesome because it has all that bread that goes along with all the other bad stuff you're not yeah. supposed to have. <laughs> Perfect. John Bird, give me a little less music so I can hear Dale destroy this segment without that overtaking him, okay? That's appreciated. John Bird, <laughs> what's the best type of crust you can get? What's the worst type of crust you can get? Uh, Hand-tossed hand is the best, and thin is the worst. Y'all are basic. I like thin crust. I don't know what the deal is. I like thin crust. Go ahead, Mr. Damian Mitchell. The best is stuffed crust, obviously, and yeah, the worst is thin. I'll have to. Okay, I like thin crust, and I think stuffed crust is the worst because if you try, like I like cold pizza, okay? I'm a cold pizza fan. Fair. Stuffed crust, cold pizza is not good. Mm-mm. It's not good. It's, it's like eating a cold, like one of those uh, string cheese little Yeah, it, it really it's ruins gross. the yeah, whole crust eat, like, experience. I mean, 
Well, okay. but you said you like cold pizza. I was like, a microwave just heated up. No, I, I I like cold pizza. I think yeah, a exactly. lot of people That's, do. You know, it's all good. Move on to. Uh, I'll take those points. No, no points for you. Question <laughs> number two. Um, John Bird, have you ever had a specialty license plate? Have you ever either ordered something that has a unique phrase on it or something that supports a cause or have you ever had something on your license plate that's different than just the regular one they hand out to you uh yes this is back when i was in north carolina i think you can probably guess what the plate was it was a tar heels plate. yes it said go heels you got go heels in the state of north carolina oh boy oh wait wait no no hold on not as the actual tag just as what was embroidered around the tag uh, uh, correct okay Gosh, I gotcha. thought it was. I thought you had There's got it no specialized. Way. There's right. no way. I was like, if you managed to get that, I would have never moved if I was you. <laughs> yeah. I would have just, I would just stayed there and lived in the mountains. I don't care about career opportunities. <laughs> I've, I've got a go specialty heels. plate that I can't give up. Go heels. <laughs> okay, sorry, because the way he did it with his hands made it look right, like it was yeah. go heels. Go heels, and he put it out like you know it's the Hollywood sign or something. Yeah. I like, like the oh. basketball coach gets to go heels. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, Dale Jackson, have you ever had a specialty license plate? The only license I ever had is one of those army plates that, that they give you. Um, maybe get you out of tickets every now and then. Okay. All right. Damien, that's a great answer, Dale. There's All nothing right. wrong with that answer. Damien, uh, what's your answer to this question? Uh, no. You've never had a specialty license plate? No. Whatever they give you. I mean, you, I just started, I mean, compared to y'all, I just started driving like yesterday. Yeah. Do you guys think Alabama has a good-looking set of plates, or do you do – you, have any other states that pop out to you as like okay that's a sharp looking plate not something i really not something think about the only strong opinion i have on plates <laughs> is that if you have a house divided license plate you're a pansy and your wife is cheating on you Ooh, that's that a pretty strong take that's man. a hot yeah. take my I brother actually, i like it i like that take i need to talk to some of my friends dog like hey you might want to check your might want to check your wife big homie wouldn't they be smart <laughs> instead of doing a house divided plate doing a car divided plate wouldn't that be smart <laughs> and like have or just to tell your wife no every now and then <laughs> half the car's red half the car's blue you know that's funny i just I somebody's like done it somewhere. you think so <laughs> they've got to <laughs> That, I would have road rage against that person. I would. I would. I would. Oh, my goodness. Not be good. All right. <clears throat> next uh, Next question. The Batman Part 2, it was announced it comes out in October of 2025. Start marking your calendars now. Damien. called it? It's called The Batman Part 2. <laughs> yes. Um, what's an event between now and October of 2025, Damien, that you're personally looking forward to? Oklahoma and Texas get bringing their ass to the SEC. That's exactly what I'm looking forward to because now I can hear about the history of Oklahoma and Texas. Now you're coming in here with the big dogs. Let's see if y'all got it. All right, there we have it. Such a jock's answer, and I love it. Damien has given his answer. Mr. John Bird, what is yours? John Wick. John Wick. Four. <laughs> Potentially chapter four and five, depending on how they dish these things I up. can't wait. I'm telling you guys. Oh, I can tell every time I get on Facebook. John Bird has changed his profile picture, and it's, you know, you sort of face swapping with John Wick. Yes. John Wick 4. All right. Gotcha. Uh, Mr. Dale Jackson, what's an event between now and October of 2025 in which you're looking forward to? No, Oklahoma or, uh, what was it? What's the other one? Texas. What is it? Texas? Yeah. Oklahoma or Texas winning the SEC. That's going to happen their first year. Oh. Ask the next question. Like, there's that's 
I'm not even going to. That sounded like he was directly challenging uh, you, Damien. That's no. what that sounded exactly like. Exactly what's going to happen. Proves, that also proves. Missouri did it, too. They that also in, proves. They, they didn't win the SEC. Dude. I know, but they yeah. got into the game the first year. I'm they, telling you, you that's going to happen. Let, let me. Also, that is more of an indictment on how bad Florida is if they come in here and they, <laughs> they come here and win the SEC. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, You're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. Goodness gracious. This is a lot like John Wick. The bodies are hitting the floor during Tim with Tim today. Double tap. Headshots. Pow, 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 pow. Next question. Um, John Bird, are you happy with your current kitchen knife collection? Uh, yes, actually I am because my roommate actually makes knives and he put together a collection for us, handmade. Is this someone we would call the good roommate? Yes. Okay, that's gotcha. all I needed okay. to know. I just needed to make sure because <laughs> if I hear John Bird's running late today, yeah, it's not the and then I see me. something on the news about, you know, <laughs> you know an, accident, an accidental an accidental knife <laughs> issue, I just wanted to make sure that you're you're good. He's the good one. He's the gotcha. good one. Okay, good, 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 good. Whew. Felipe's like, I'm in the shell, dog. I ain't coming out. I ain't coming out. That's hilarious. No, sir. Oh, man. Uh, Damien, are you happy with your current kitchen knife collection? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... I feel like infomercials... I mean, <laughs> as long as they cut, they were good. <laughs> infomercials make me feel very insecure about my kitchen knife collection all the time. It's like, are you trying to cut through something and it's dull? It's like, it tends to work. It's like, well, you need these knives now. And if you don't get them, you're not a man. It's, it's all like, smoke and mirrors. That's okay. All you know, and I'm sitting there with my little plastic knife watching the show. Still does the job. Um... Dale Jackson, are you happy with your current kitchen knife collection, even though you're going to tell us that Cindy's the only one that goes in the kitchen because she's the woman? What a sexist thing to say. That's what I you say, say all the time. Extremely. I would never say such a thing. Uh, I would check with my wife to ask if she was happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure she is because she knows better than to have her own opinions. Like, yeah, you're a oh, barbarian. Wow. He just goes in there with an axe and just cuts his meat. Cuts his meat. <sighs> all right, this is the last question. And it's going to go to Dale Jackson first. Dale, what do you appreciate most about the show Roseanne? Like the original version? Yes. I think it was how they took a bunch of people and made them appear as if they were normal human beings. A little too crass for my liking, personally. But I did like that they make them like normal human beings. Cindy and I actually watched the new version, the Connors or whatever it is, and, and she points out that, that on some of them, they actually ugly them up a little bit to make them look like more normal human beings as opposed to everyone's perfect. And I, I thought that was an interesting touch. Hmm. Um, John Bird, what do you appreciate most about the original run of Roseanne? Um, the relationship between Dan and Rosie. I think it's fantastic. And it remained uh, they didn't change it. It remained the same from the first episode to the last. Is that really the case? Because I thought at one point Dan like cheated on Roseanne and then didn't and he died die? And they won the lottery. I don't know what or you're talking. And, and when did they ever call her Rosie? I just I feel yeah, like no, you they called, called her Rosie. Rosie. They, they called her Rosie. Okay, I'll, Rosie? I'll, I'll take yeah. the L on that one. Okay, but the whole like the relationship was the same from the beginning to the end. At the end, they got sloppy and lazy with Dan and, and Roseanne's character. It felt like. But it was still, there was still, that, for instance, Dan and Roseanne were two completely, Dan was more laid back. You know, he balanced out Roseanne's <laughs> frenetic pace. I think what I'm hearing from you is the thing that made the show special at the beginning 
is still special even today. That's what I'm kind yes, of hearing, yes. right? And I and I don't want to. I just don't want to get lost. Yeah, and her being it, fired, that was just mm. overreach. Crazy. All right, Damien, I expect you to score zero points here. If anything, maybe potentially get negative points. Have you ever seen the show Roseanne? This was many years before Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Could you just ask me the question? The question is, what do you appreciate most about the show Roseanne? The fact that it gave actors and actresses a job, and they continue to have success. You should be a politician because that's a really good BS answer. That was really good. Hadn't seen a single second of Roseanne. Couldn't tell you anybody (laughs) that was in it or anything about it. Could you, in, in a lineup, could you spot Tom Arnold? Would you know who that is? Okay. No, nothing, huh? Negative. <laughs> Could he differentiate him from me in a voice lineup? Well, considering he doesn't know who that is, he'd probably I guess think that's a true question. he's the one person that hears Tom Arnold and goes, that's still Jackson. I <laughs> <laughs> All right. John Bird. Yes. Uh, you were battling uh, pretty hard throughout this whole thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really proud of your effort, and um, I'm giving you the win. Congratulations. <gasps> thank you, thank you everybody. World? Seriously. That's two straight wins for Thank John Bird. So he will not be Thank here Hunter. to defend tomorrow. But we will have a number one contenders match tomorrow. We'll have a special guest joining us for 10 with Tim. And we'll be right Kublik. back picking up the piece. It's not going to be Cole Kublik. We'll be right back. This is Birmingham's Real Talk. Eleven forty one. Damien, what do you think of this? You like this? It's actually not that bad. Who is it? This is Cody Jinx. Cody Jinx. The name sounds familiar. Like I, you should look into it because it'll it'll get you off that bro country crap you listen to. It won't, but <laughs> I, I like where your heart's at. Um, when we go to that Florida Georgia line there, uh, Tim. When we going back to that bar, take a little Damien with us. Uh, Herbert and Jenny, here we come, baby. Did he say little Damien? Like as in, like I'm small. I think he did say little Damien, and I don't think he meant to. But I think maybe <laughs> right, he meant like, like the the um, like little Marco. That's what I meant. <laughs> No, they're working on like a uh, a Cabbage Patch kid that's a Damien Cabbage Patch kid, and, and he's calling him Little Damien. He's working on that. Okay. He's trying to sell those out the back it's of like, It's trunk. like Penny Hardway. You got a big penny and, and little penny. Exactly. Okay. I'm, making, I'm writing a book, uh, Little Damien. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's all about the merchandise. That's what he cares about. It sells. Hey, Damien, now that we have you in here, and Dale, I'm sure you have some strong opinions about this as well. Been seeing a lot of online back and forth leading into the Super Bowl mm-hmm. about whether or not Alabama fans can claim Jalen Hurts as being one of their own. Have you seen this mess? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are going after the Crimson Tide fan base saying, you're not allowed to root for Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl because you gave up on him. Just because you bench him in the national championship game, you can't cheer for him? It sounds like Dale is one of these people who's got the online fodder and he's just sort of stirring the pot here. Hey, I, I'm the guy who wrote a piece for Yellowhammer News that they would not publish saying that Nick Saban was screwing over Jalen Hurts by letting him play in insignificant games the next year. So, yeah, they wouldn't let me run it. So Yeah, I can understand why. What Have you heard all of this and seen all of this oh, as yeah, well? Yeah. And it's going to continue to be – like. The Super Bowl this year has a giant college football angle, and it's something, obviously, we love college football here in this state. It overtakes everything else by leaps and bounds. And you have that going into this game, which mm-hmm. has provided people a lot of a rooting interest, not just for Jalen. There's a lot of in-state ties to players all over these rosters. What's your take on the relationship and legacy that maybe uh, Jalen has with the University of Alabama and its fan base? Uh, Jalen Hurts is an alumnus. like He's an alumnus of the University of Alabama. Um, last time I checked, uh, 
his degree has the University of Alabama. He, right out of high school, attended the University of Alabama. He graduated from the University of Alabama and decided to just play football for a season at Oklahoma. Um, he was a graduate transfer. Oklahoma fans, you can still claim Jalen and Alabama fans. You can still claim Jalen because both of those things, two things can be true at the same time. Oh, that's not allowed in our society. You can't have two truths at the same time. That's not right. And Auburn fans, you can claim him too. It's in the same state. (laughs) And UAB fans, yep, oh, yep, claim him anyway. No, I I think I think he's actually right. It makes no sense. And I what, what what bothers me is it's more of just, it's it shows just how prideful people are. It's no, he's ours and everything. Okay, well, you know when you weren't rooting for Jalen is when he was actually being uh, inconsistent in his passing. Like Jalen takes full responsibility. Like, hey, I was not playing up to standard, so I got pulled. Yeah. And when my opportunity arose again, I stepped up and won an SEC championship for the same school for the same team that I was pulled for. Like again, two things can be true. He was a starting quarterback at the University of Alabama and won a bunch of games. He was a starting quarterback at Oklahoma and won a bunch of games. The reason the Jalen v. Tua conversation was as electric as it was for so long is because both guys were loved by the fan base. Right. Like, that's the argument. That's all it is. Like, both guys were abs- – like, Alabama fans loved them both. They would yep. just happen to be there on campus at the same time, and at only least- one guy can start at the position. Thank you. And so now that you have, you know, Jalen in a situation where he's starting in a Super Bowl, it's not, you know, some sort of retroactive history where Alabama fans are now jumping on the Jalen bandwagon. I know Alabama fans that were cheering for Jalen at Oklahoma to be successful. Exactly. So if they're going to cheer for him at Oklahoma, I think there's no problem with them cheering for him in the Super Bowl. People are just possessive. It just, it creates a lot of uh, back and forth on social media, and I have no doubt that Dale Jackson will do a Yellow Hammer Now video on this very subject at some point. Have y'all talked about TB12? Have y'all talked about Tom Brady? We have. um, (laughs) He he could be in the booth as early as the Super Bowl. Fox has the broadcast. That's wild. He could be featured as a big part of their lineup now that he's got this big contract that he's uh, agreeing to post his football career. I was, I was thinking about this a couple days Tom Brady has to be one of the most like he has to probably have to be most paranoid person just play like to have played the sport of football because when you look at his resume compared to this man has more Super Bowls by himself not necessarily by himself right but he has more Super Bowl rings than whole franchises correct yeah I could only imagine the pressure uh, again when we look at football it's a it's a kid's game right he played it at a high level for 20-plus years. And granted, last year he retires, but I think it's one of those Adam Schefter leaks it and kind of just he doesn't go out on his own terms. Like somebody that great, no, I want to – this is my show. Right. I want to go out like this. And now he's in a movie co-starring James Fonda. So there we have it, where insane. he plays himself. And the reviews <laughs> – I got a review from USA Today that says, Tom Brady holds his own. With silver screen star, you know, Jane Fonda or whatever. It's like. Um, as he plays himself. Right, as he like, plays himself. Right. It's like, okay. Right. This is like Ted 2 when he played himself in that movie. Very different, different type of movie type. here, 80 for Brady. Uh, we'll you know, be- should have asked Murphy if Murphy knew that this movie was going back to that uh, that Falcons Patriots. <clears throat> as it should have. What you should do is just invite Murphy to go watch it. Y'all meet someplace between Huntsville and Nashville and then just laugh at him the entire time. <laughs> 
as that scene plays out. Eleven forty-eight. We'll be right back to wind down this uh, wild edition of news and views here on this Thursday. Final few moments of news and views. Maybe you're looking to move in to your dream home. You can do that with the award-winning team at Hometown Lenders. A simple call can definitely change your point of view. 205-989-7171. It's a no-hassle, no-haggle situation. They're simply going to listen to you on that initial call, see what it is that you want to achieve, and they're going to give you your options. And you can either agree to go down those paths and work with them, or maybe it's not the right time, or maybe they'll tell you with a mortgage checkup. There's nothing really right now you can do to improve your situation. They're going to be honest with you. They're at Hometown Lenders at 205-989-7171. It starts with a simple phone call, and it could end up saving you thousands with being able to uh, put your monthly mortgage payment on pause for a couple of months. 989-7171, or you can visit them at savewith995.com. Hometown Lenders Incorporated, an equal housing lender, NMLS number 65084. Dale, appreciate you being here today and look forward to doing it again tomorrow. We'll have John Bird plays the guitar happening at 1120. Damien, appreciate you stopping by as always. Always get uh, great compliments when you're on the show, so thank you for being here. And uh, Dale, I think it's now time to properly hand this thing over to Andrew McLean, host of The Line. Hey now! He'll be up next with John Bird. He's got a big smile on his face. We'll see what he has in store for us the next two hours here on Birmingham's Real Talk, Talk 99.5 and streaming Talk995.com. We'll see you again tomorrow, everybody. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen.